0: everyone welcome to another episode of the mental health movement podcast voice for the voiceless today we have a very special guest someone i've known for well over 20 years now and is here to talk about mental health and what it means to her one of my best friends and fellow warrior, Victoria. How are you, Victoria? I'm
1: doing really well. How are you? I'm doing good. It Thank is you. so fucking nice to see you.
0: <laughs> it's nice seeing you too. It's
1: been what since December? Yeah. So I feel like it's always nice catching up with you. Always
0: feels like a year since I've seen I know,
1: you. but then it's weird because even though it feels like that, we always just catch up with each other. Right, right yeah. then and there. It's like, okay, so what happened? How's <laughs> right. everything going? It's just great when you have a friend like that, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, I can't believe I've known you 20 years.
1: I can't believe that either. I was
0: thinking about it before I uh, started recording. I'm like, how the hell have I known you for 20 years? I
1: know, and it's crazy. And know. I'm so grateful that you're still in my life. <laughs> and it's crazy because in the beginning, I didn't like you.
2: Right. She hated you guys. <laughs> I did.
1: I was a cold-hearted bitch back in ninth grade. I was like, I hate everybody. <laughs> but now it's like, now he's my best friend. We talk, like, I try to talk to you as much as yeah, I can too. We talk you almost know?
0: every day. Yeah, I yeah. fucking
1: love it. By the way, I want to tell you that.
0: Um, Thank you again for coming on. Um, Just wanted to get you on here, talk a little bit about mental health, ask you a couple questions. You know, just kind of shooting the breeze. Yeah, shooting the breeze, shooting shit. You know, however, uh, (laughs) however you want to say it. Um, So I guess let's start with the easiest question. Uh, What does mental health mean to Victoria? What does it mean to you?
1: Mental health meaning to me is just pretty much like trying to make sure I'm okay. You know, like for me. Yeah, it's something you have great questions. I just like still (laughs) trying to process it. It's just something for me that I want to grow with. It's something I want to get better with because there's always going to be struggles in your life, always things that you're dealing with. So Mm. it's like, I want to make sure my mental health is in check so that way I can help others, you know, and mental health in general is just an amazing thing to try to work on. Right. Because, like you said in your previous podcast, you know, before nobody really cared about it. Yeah. But now when you go to the doctors, like they're asking you about your mental health mm-hmm. and it's an amazing thing because not a lot of people cared about that. Right. So I just feel like it's something that just needs done nowadays. You know, I feel like if people work on their mental health, I feel like things would be a lot better with Absolutely. the world, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like in today's society, it's definitely, it's good to know that there are so many people trying to work for that cause. And yeah, While it's a nice, like positive step, it's just kind of one of those things where we're doing the right thing, but it's still, you know, obviously it's not enough. You know, it's, you can say you're there for somebody, but I feel like a lot of people don't know what being there for somebody means. Or
1: some people don't know how to do it.
0: Right, exactly. And it's one of those things where most people that will listen to your problems don't try to understand they just listen to respond it's just like oh how are you doing oh well i got all these things going on you know i broke my leg my dog just died my somebody just passed away and you know while you're sitting there trying to collect all that information and any any person you know it's normal to feel overwhelmed of all those things but most people that try to be there for others it's just kind of like don't know what that comes with yeah so you know when you say you're there for me and vice versa we know what that comes with yeah we know it's not just a i'm just gonna respond and let you hear what you want to hear i'm going to you know walk in your shoes and see how you're dealing with something and then then respond
1: exactly like process it and just understand like oh hey i'm not gonna just spit out and be like oh just breathe you're fine you're gonna get through it you know like it's just one of those things where we understand each other where it's like okay this is what's going on. How can I help you? Yeah. And instead of being like, "Oh, just breathe," I hate that. Even though I have it tattooed, <laughs> I'm looking at my wrong mind. Even though I have it tattooed on me, people right. are always like, "Oh, ooh, just breathe." But it's like it's a nice reminder, but it's not what you need to hear at the time. It's I feel more- like
0: feel like when most of the people say "just breathe" or you know, uh, you know, count backwards from ten. I remember, I think I took like one anger management class in like sixth grade. And that was like one of the only things they said is count backwards from 10. Um, Before I was even aware of mental health resources or before I was there, uh, you know, trying to better myself, it just my parents didn't really try to, you know, give me those resources to reach out to. They just kind of, oh, well, I'm here if you can talk about anything. And, you know, while that's great. And I'm not telling you parents that are listening to not be there for your kids but being there and listening and having a professional listen who's not on the outside who doesn't control what their kids do day-to-day basis it's a a completely different animal when you have a professional involved so it's it's nice to see society work its way into the right direction
1: yeah I totally agree and it's great that it's starting to become normalized I feel too Mm -hmm. where it's not just oh you know you're a schizophrenia person. Like you need a therapist, you know, it's like anybody nowadays, it's right. like, Oh, Hey, you're dealing with something. Let's try to help you. Like, I love that. Right. So,
0: And you know, it's going through music. It's kind of going through schools. I mean, yeah. obviously when we were going through schools, it was just guidance
1: counselor, right. but it wasn't like really. And
0: a guidance counselor, they're, they're great resources. Yeah. You know, I know some really, really good guidance counselors from when I was growing up, but guidance counselors just kind of, they're on the entry level of the actual people who are getting paid to give a diagnosis, getting paid to prescribe medicine. If if you need that, you know, yeah. I'm I'm very against medicine, but some people need it, you know. And that's
1: me. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's good because it's like you know where you stand, and like I want to explain my story about that right, after right. too, you know. But go ahead. Sorry didn't mean no, to No, to no, agree. no. You're but.
0: okay. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things that parents don't realize that guidance counselors are there for the kids, but it's not the same as talking to a a therapist or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Totally agree. But, you know, it's, it's good to see that society is kind of making its way into a better space. Just not, not it's not not where it needs to be. Right. Exactly.
1: But we are working towards it, which is good.
0: Right. And, And, you know, you're seeing organizations come out in the month of May, which, you know, for those of you who don't know, it's, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month, you know, her and I both both have on the shirts. It's
1: okay to not be okay.
0: (laughs) Breaking the stigma, Yeah, you know, it's uh, something I'm very passionate about, something she's very passionate about, and many others too. And
1: It's it's something to be passionate about, because it's like, we... I feel like we're good people that we want to help others. Mm-hmm. Obviously look at Chris, he's doing all these amazing things. I know I'm going to brag about you right now, but he's doing all these amazing things that are trying to help all of us, right. you know, and it's just really nice to see that and have that. Yeah. So again, that's why I'm just, I fucking love you, man. You're great. <laughs>
0: I love you too. <laughs> um, I, I always feel like, you know, whenever I have that conversation, you know, people talking me up and I don't like bragging about anything. Okay. Uh, I, I always say I try to be there for the people that I didn't have when I was younger. You know, I didn't have mentors, I didn't have people to look up to. You know, I had a dad and a mom, and I use air quotes because, you know, parent versus provider kind of situation. Yeah, and you're right. A lot of people grew up with that too. So I'm not going to sit there and say I'm special because I'm the only one that went through it. And it's not true. Yeah. But, um, you know, like I said, May is mental health awareness month. And you see all these companies lighting up blue and purple the colors of mental health you know the green ribbon for mental health you know it's it's a great start but we have so much further to go
1: yeah you know totally agree
0: um so i guess let's go to the next question because i feel like this is one i specifically wrote for you because i know you've kind of struggled with it um so at what point in your life did you start looking for mental health resources
1: So for me, I would say I kind of grew up in, you know, being a Jehovah's Witness, as Mm -hmm. you knew. And for me, I felt like I was going through a lot because, you know, obviously being in an organization like that, and two, my parents got divorced when I was five. So it was a lot to deal with, you know, a lot in my childhood. And so. I believe, you know, I had a lot of anger issues too. So my mom would be like, let's go talk to a therapist. Let's go do something. So obviously I started really young, but for me, knowing that I wanted to do it, I would say maybe when I was like 18, 19, cause I started realizing like, Hey, I have things I want to work on. So I pursued it, you know? And what is it again? I forgot the question. <laughs>
0: um you know just when you started at what point yeah
1: okay good yeah so I would say like 18 or 19 because it was just you know that's when I was older and knew about it
0: right um I feel like it's such a such a young age to start therapy and you know just any kind of mental health stuff because for me I mean, I'm not ashamed to talk about it now. I mean, I was ashamed to admit that I was in therapy forever. And oh,
1: I was an open book. I was like, I'm seeing a therapist. You're all right, guys. You know,
2: but
0: um, you know, I grew up with a you know, emotionally unavailable uh, father and you know, a mom that just kind of did her thing and you know, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not not gonna dig into that. That's what I got yeah. a therapist for. Yeah.
2: Um <laughs>
0: but you know, when I first started therapy, I remember the first two sessions was me, nothing but crying. Yeah. And I was 27, I think 26, 27 when I first started therapy and to be a guy and openly talk about mental health is, you know, difficult in its own. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of lot of people out there who kind of like stigmatize the fact that you know oh men, we're supposed to be tough and supposed to take care of our women and you know our emotions don't exist whatever and so i will be one of the first to openly say guys that you're not any less of a man for wanting to do better for yourself
1: exactly and that's how i feel too and it's sad that that's how life has put it like men have to be the stronger one, not talk about your emotions. But it's true nowadays, like guys need to talk about it too. They you go through things that I go through too. You know, it may not be the same exact thing, but you want to talk to somebody and get that open. And I'm just so proud of you because a lot of people don't want to do that nowadays. And And I know like what you say though, therapy is not for everybody. So I get that. Yeah. But it's just it's really great to hear your experience with that
2: though.
0: So with that last comment about therapy not being for everybody. Yeah. Uh kind of goes into the follow-up question I had. How difficult was that path to finding a therapist for you?
1: Oh my God. Since I started so early though, mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I can't remember like, right. my first therapy session, but like, it's always been up and downs. You know, you find somebody that you thought you connected with. Like I, when I was a Jehovah's Witness, I connected with a therapist um, and I thought everything was great. She really helped me. But when I was about 21, 20, I got disfellowshipped. So she was like, Sorry. Um, I can't talk to you anymore. And I'm not trying to bash on the religion or anything like that. But, you know, anybody that's a Jehovah's Witness can't talk to me. So that's why half my, mem- my family members don't talk to me. So it was really difficult, because I felt like she was a genuine therapist that helped me out. And then it was like, oh, fuck, like, I'm all alone in the world now, what the hell do I do? So obviously it was gonna be trial and errors. Like I would get insurance and try to look up my insurances and be like, okay, who covers this? But then one time I had a therapist that was very controlling and I didn't need that. I needed somebody that was gonna be there listen to me. And I remember clear to this day, I told her I was really proud of myself for standing up to myself at my job. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what, why would you do that? That's terrible. You need to do it this way. And I said, bitch, no, I don't. I'm happy that I did what I did And this isn't working out, you know, so I I fired her and I never fired a therapist before, but it's, it's going to be a trial and error. Like just recently, like what I was telling you about through my job, I have talk space, which I'm so grateful of that my job is paying for therapy, but I had a therapist there that we vibed really well. We were talking for about like a month or two. And then she just ghosted me, like literally gone. I messaged her. I was like, Hey, where are you at? Like, I want to talk to you. I thought we were doing well. And then nothing. And I messaged her like three times and I'm like, yo, this isn't working. So I need to get a new one. And then when I tried getting a new one, you knew all about that because I called you and I was like, this isn't working out. This is kind of weird for me. Right. And then I finally found one that I'm actually vibing with. I hope that it stays, you know, cause it's always a hit or miss. I feel sometimes there, you know, but I'm always willing to keep trying because I want to do it. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, I started therapy so young that right. I feel like it's normal for me to mm-hmm. have a therapist. But for me, I just always want to keep growing and I want to help myself with the past, you right. know, because even though I've grown and I try not to live in the past most of the time, I just feel like if I can try to resolve certain things, it'll help me further myself in the future, you yeah.
0: know? Right. Um, you know, for me, uh, I went through a total of three therapists, you know, I'm on my third one. Uh, have had her almost two years now.
1: That's amazing.
0: And the first therapist that I had, you know, like I said before, was two hours of me crying. Uh, or not two hours. I'm sorry. Uh, two sessions uh, of, of me crying. Before I moved from New Jersey back to uh, Florida, um, you know, one of the last things that she said to me, she's like, you know, it's amazing to see how much growth one person showed. And I think I was only with her six months maybe i think um and she said you wouldn't look at me in your first two sessions and you know she's like i I think i remember i shaved like my whole face i you know got like a buzz cut like i have now and just kind of you know she's like i could see your face you know i see that you want to do better for yourself and you know that's she called me a game changer and that's one of the things that i have tattooed on my arm because of that therapist that's amazing um Moving down here to Florida, I got a therapist, I think, want to say maybe a year after I had started my new job at Tech Data, uh, I was like 2018. First session, she didn't take notes and said, uh, you know, do you, would you take medicine, you know, for you know, depression medication? I said, I would prefer not to um, because I, I don't agree with medicine. You know, this isn't a knock at anybody. Yeah, no, um, not at all. And then she just kind of, I don't want to say manipulated me, her response, but she basically said, uh, you know, if you had diabetes or high blood pressure, you would take medicine because you need it for your health. So the second session, I had my first anxiety attack. Uh, She cut me off mid-sentence and me venting.
1: Oh, shit, I remember
2: this. Yeah. Holy shit. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's really fucked up.
0: And she basically said, oh, well, that's all the time we have right now
2: no, no, no,
1: you don't fucking do that shit. I had a similar experience except I kind of cut her off right? because my therapist that I had at the time, very nice, Mm -hmm. but she was more like, oh, you're doing great. Just continue to breathe, keep going. And I'm like, anything else, anything else you want to say? So I remember I was having a panic attack in my session too. And she was like, just keep breathing you're gonna get through this oh, you're goodness. strong and i was like i gotta go i gotta go right and i got off the session and i bawled my eyes out right and i'm like what the fuck i came to talk to you to try to get help and i you didn't even worse. get anything exactly right. i'm like i'm so over that
0: <laughs> and i remember it took a conversation with somebody from nami which uh as you guys know from uh two podcasts ago tiffany it's the national alliance on uh Mental illness, I, I believe. I'm pretty sure I'm butchering that abbreviation. I apologize. Um, and I asked him, I said, you know, I had a really bad experience with a therapist and it's kind of made me given up on trying to, you know, do better for myself and, uh, you know, improve my life. And I asked him, like, how would I go about looking for another therapist? I don't know where to start. Yeah. And the first thing that he said was, you know, every, therapists that you come across you know you ask questions you ask them what techniques they use to uh to help people heal and you got to know that you control the pace to every session and i say that to everybody because it sticks to the back of my head that therapy is not for everybody yeah but therapy helps for the people willing to put in the work for therapy
2: that's true
0: um for a lot of you who may listen that are skeptic about therapy, I'm not here to push you on it. I'm here to tell you that I am coming from a place who used to be severely bitter, uh, very depressed all the time. Not to say I don't have my episodes, you know, of course,
2: we're only human, right? Yeah.
0: And it has helped me grow into the person that I am today. Um, I'm, I'm not going to brag on anything that I've done because I don't, I don't want to, I know, but um, let
1: me just say, as a friend of being with you for 20 years, like I'm bragging for you. Like he's doing fucking amazing. He really is like, like you need this. Okay. You need this. You're doing amazing. You really are.
0: I appreciate you so oh, of much. course,
1: I appreciate you.
0: <laughs> um, so I guess my uh, question after that one for you, what's the most important lesson that you yourself has learned from therapy?
1: important lesson maybe like trying to talk about something and maybe trying to get the answer and letting it go right you know because mm-hmm. it's like sometimes when you talk about it you still hold on to you it harp
2: on it exactly mm-hmm.
1: and it's like oh well i talked about it but i still want to think about it i want to do this like for me i've learned to okay this is what happened. And I need to try to let it go. Mm-hmm. Obviously nothing like, traumatic or anything like that. I'll just give a, for instance, like, oh shit, something hit the storm or hit the fan at work. And I was really upset about that. Right. And I talked to my therapist, you know, and I'm like, okay, this was the reason this happened. Let me try to move on from this. I need to take that thought of my mind instead of being like, oh my God, everybody hates me. <laughs> oh my God. You know, like I need to be like, okay. I talked to my therapist. I heard it out loud. I know what I need to do. I'm gonna move on from it. Right, letting things go is so fucking hard. Yeah, because I I hold on to it, and you know me, like I care so deeply about what people think about me or anything, and I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it <laughs> because it's affecting me as a person. Right. But now I'm learning through therapy, mm-hmm. and you know, just everyday life and getting older. Because I'm gonna be thirty, I'm getting old. I'm eighty-five, but you know, it's just you got to let some shit go. Right. Because some of it doesn't matter. Like, do people in your life, are they going to really be there all the time? Like, do these people really affect you where it's like, okay, yeah, like you work with them and shit like that. But it's not like you have to be with them outside of work. Or, you know, like, if you go on vacation, you're not going to see them all the time. Or, you know, even like, you know what I mean? Like those, for instance, it's not like you need a harp on that.
0: Yeah. And and I feel like, you know, the the most important part of that is letting things go. Uh something for me that has probably been the hardest part of my therapy sessions is focusing on one piece of like so okay for my for my therapy sessions I like to balance out my positives and negatives. I have a little notebook for every session that I do. It's awesome. Things that go on through my week throughout my week uh or month um depending on when I schedule my my sessions. And when I finally start talking about them, you know, I'll, I'll spend like 30 minutes on one bolt and it pisses me off because I, I'm, I'm like her in the sense of caring about stuff too much. Yeah. And I don't like having a bad relationship buddy, And that's parents, friends, whoever
1: me too. So, yeah.
0: you know, if it's for instance, you know, just to give you guys a little insight, if it's like one of the people who has blocked me or walked out of my life in the last year, I focus on that for an entire month before I talked to a therapist, because I could talk to my friends. I could talk to her, whoever else about it, but it doesn't take away the fact that that person left. Yeah. Um, but what it has helped me is the tools that my therapist has given me to get through uh, all of all of these things that I focus on every session. Um, like she said, once you learn to start letting go of those things, Everything about the healing process starts flowing a lot smoother. Yeah. So, whenever you guys start walking this journey, you know, whether it's if you don't like therapy, you know, whether it's talking to a friend or talking to a mentor, whatever it is,
1: or even talking out loud, sometimes I feel helps. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. When you start addressing those problems one at a time, everything just kind of starts coming together. And the goal that you have in mind is finally uh, showing a clear path. So, Mm -hmm. I definitely think that's a really, really important lesson uh, is letting things go for sure
1: yeah i totally agree
0: um Mm. so one of the most important parts of mental health for me is self-care um i've tried to make it a point to bring up every podcast and i like picking people's brains about it because everybody's different everybody approaches self-care a lot differently um so what what are some uh forms of self-care that you practice uh before after work during the week
1: (laughs) (laughs) um I need to get better at that people just letting you know I'm not gonna lie to you um I always put others first like we talked about but I'm getting to the point where I'm trying to put me first so my thing is I could do better Mm -hmm. is like taking care of myself is maybe like trying to exercise maybe like hula hooping or just going on a walk or something like that But I feel like personally, for me, after a long day of work, you know, because, you know, that technician, I'm always on my feet. There's, you know, crazy cases that happen. Most of the time, I'm like, I just need a zonk out. Like, I like to just lay on my couch, grab my cat, Colby, watch a good movie, have my husband next to me and just be like, yes, this is a great day. But it's like. I need to do better than that. I need to try to focus on something that's going to help me feel better. Right. So my thing was back in the day I loved scrapbooking. I loved it. I would spend hours on like one section and it just putting it all together, but obviously hobbies cost money. So I feel like if I could just try to do something for me like maybe going for a walk or like just trying to treat myself better. I could maybe just be more kinder to myself and be like, okay, Victoria, instead of you being a, you know, lazy bitch over here, let's say, no, this lazy bitch had a long day. No, (sighs) just kidding. (laughs) No, but just being nicer to myself, you know, at the end of the day, being like, look, you had a fucking horrible day, or you had an amazing day at work. Let's, look at the positives from that and maybe self self-care could self-talk. be yeah positive, positive for me because yeah. I'm always negative to myself right. it's so annoying why do we fucking do that <laughs> stop doing it stop doing it <laughs> stop doing it Yeah, <laughs> I, can't. I can't do it
0: I oh. feel like uh <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I feel like positive self-talk is so hard it is because
1: Again, I don't like talking about myself. Right. You know, and then it's like feels weird because you're like, "Oh, the shit, I got this." <laughs> you know, I can do this today. It like feels weird, but right. then it's like when you do it, you have that pep talk like right before work being like it's going to be a great day. Right. Everything is going to be fine. I'm in surgery, but it's going to be okay. Right. You know what I mean? Getting yourself ready for the day. It's and then it's like- and then when you do, it's like shit goes down. You're like, I'm, I'm not this doing is, This that. is, this, this is fine.
0: This is fine.
1: <laughs> it's like, you're in the room with a fire. Everything's fine. This, Everything's okay. This is fine. It's <laughs> fine. This is my life now. It's
0: fine. <laughs> oh my car just got broke too. This is, this is <laughs> You know,
2: it's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I hate that shit. I
0: hate it. <laughs> um, I, you know, with the positive self-talk, um, you know, growing up, uh, I was, I was bullied a lot, um. I didn't talk about it really to anybody. A uh, few people who knew me back then kind of knew about it, but I always kept that shit to myself because, you know, again, being stigmatized as a man, uh, we don't talk about being bullied. You yeah. know, uh, we you can't
2: talk about our feelings.
0: We are looked at as weak and, you know, whatever. I, I was called every name in the book. I was insulted. Shit, I was insulted by my parents. It's um, upsetting. And, you know, it's. It helped me grow into the person that I am now. And it's helped me learn how to talk to people. But that's not to say that those instances didn't hurt. Of course. Um, you know, you guys all know bullying isn't cool. No, um, I don't
1: understand why people fucking do that shit. And I know it's because insecurities and stuff, but why, why would you do that to somebody else? Right. I will never stand for
2: that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, when you've been bullied, that self, uh, you know, positive self talk is so hard because when you try to hype yourself up about something and you know in your past something has gone wrong, uh, similar situation, it's hard to constantly remind yourself, like, hey, we've gone through this before and it didn't end well the last time. So instead of going, this is going to happen again. You know, we could always try and fix our wording, like it might happen again, but let's not think yeah about it happening again. Let's yeah. think of what, maybe a
1: different outcome. Right. You know,
0: what doors is this gonna open? If uh say you go for a job interview, yeah, and you know, you have your foot in the door here, and you th- you think the um interview went really well and you think you're gonna get it. And then we have that habit of getting ourselves so excited that yeah when we think we got the job, you get call that call and be like, Hey, you went with somebody else. And then you're down in the dumps again. Of course. So I feel like instead of, instead of the, the famous let's hype ourselves up and be really excited about it, let's, let's just be, be
2: practical. Like, right. Yeah.
0: Um, if this doesn't happen, at least I tried or exactly
1: or I gave it my all.
0: Right. You know,
1: I did the best that I could do and I'm proud of that.
0: Exactly. And that's something we just need to practice more every day. Like, you are enough.
1: You are fucking enough.
0: And one of my favorite things that I have written on my desk under my monitor, right behind the left monitor. Um, And it says, uh, you are better than your thoughts. Yes. And it's something that I have taped to my monitor because it's something I need to remind myself of every day. Because, you know, like her and like many others, we live in our heads. And sometimes it's not the easiest uh, habit to break. You know, some people can just Brush it off and be like, "Oh, gas is seventeen dollars a gallon now." Oh well, you know, at least I have a job. And it's just like you know, whatever.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but some people like me be like, "Oh, seventeen dollars, uh, seventeen gallons. Uh, Jesus, seventeen dollars a gallon. I can't talk." Yeah. Um, and you sit in your head and be like, "Okay, now how am I going to afford my bills, Or How am I, how am I going to be able to?" Uh, buy something for my daughter or buy something for my sister you know it's just you sit there and it repeats in your head so again that positive self-talk guys and that helps a lot is when you learn how to be gentle with yourself and I swear to God when you listen to this Jessica be be gentle with yourself is the greatest piece of advice I have ever in my life heard and it's so simple yeah and when you explain it to me, my mind was blown because I'm like, wow, instead of just saying you're a worthless piece of shit, Chris, you are a blessing to people and you are doing your best at all times. And that's enough for me. That mm-hmm. gets me by every day. Yep. And, you know, if it helps somebody great, um, you know, if if it doesn't reach a million people tomorrow, that's fine. Those one, two, three, four people that are listening or, you know, the people that will tune into this, take anything out of this be gentle with yourselves.
1: I'm going to say, I've never heard anything like that. So thank you, Jessica, for letting Chris <laughs> say that because it's amazing how you do it every podcast Like yeah. at the end. I love your quotes. I know we're going to get there, but I love that because it's true. Just being kinder to ourselves, being gentle with ourselves. We are all human. We make mistakes. We're going to, we're all in this together in a way. Right. You know what I mean? We all live in this fucking world you know, but we can make the best of it. You know, yeah. obviously like what we were just talking about, instead of hyping ourselves up and be like, oh, you know, let's be practical. Okay. Yeah. Gas fucking sucks right now. <laughs> there it's, it's insane. Yeah. It's even in Jersey. I think it's like 439, 440, like same here, Right. but it's, it's scary because it's like, oh my God, how am I going to get to my job? But then I'm like, I just do it. Right. You know? And it's like, granted money is tight. You know, sometimes you have to put something on your credit card. You don't want to, but I always try to think, okay, Victoria, I will pay this off eventually and I'm doing everything I can with that. And I need gas. I need to fucking go to my job to make money. So some things you just have to do. And then at the end of the day, you know, if you have to put stuff on your credit cards because you need food or you need gas or anything like that, that's okay. It's not like you're going out buying a Gucci bag, being like, Oh, I'm self so fetch I got good shape. That's just not even a word.
0: You know what I mean? But it's oh like oh my god, the mean girl's cool. I, I love can't, it. I can't.
2: I swear. I'm like this is why I
1: feel so much more comfortable because I just feel like this is just us right now. Like it's amazing. Oh
0: it's so fetch.
1: It's fetch. Stop saying fetch. It's
0: not
2: gonna happen. <laughs>
0: oh my god. Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: if you can go back in time. mm-hmm what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh my God. (laughs) Uh,
1: Younger self advice. I would be. Your sister is going to be your life. Your mother is your life. And even though like you're in the Jehovah's witness thing, it's okay to not be, it's okay to be yourself because with me, I'm going to share with you guys. I'm, bisexual or technically pansexual, you know, I, I don't really put a label on it. Cause I talked to my therapist about that. She's like, why do you feel like you need to put a label? And I'm like, I just always thought I had to, because being in that kind of religion, obviously it says, you know, Oh, gay people. It's not, it's shunned against like you can't do it and everything. So for me growing up, I felt like I had to hide that side for me, you know, like I thought growing up, I was a lesbian because obviously girls with their sleepovers, that's like one of those younger days, guys, or something, you know, with the girls in the sleepovers, but uh, just saying like, you know, that's where mine started where right. it was like, okay, I had those feelings towards women, but obviously because I was a Jehovah's witness, I had to push that down. And by the time high school came, I was like, okay, I need to really get on this board. So I'd push the boy problems. So. And which was weird because I wasn't supposed to have boy issues, but that's a whole nother story for another time. But, you know, I would just say, hold on, you know, keep going forward. Your sister is literally your life. You're gonna, as long as you have that good support, which when everybody left, I have my sister, I have my mother and thank God I'm finally having my father too. Like what we've been talking about. It just sucks because I really do want that relationship with my brother, you know, and I will still try to achieve it, Mm -hmm. but Sometimes I, again, letting things go or just kind of accepting things for how it is, is something that I do need to work on. And I've gotten to know that though. like As I've been getting older, I'm accepting things for how they are. And there was a, a quote or something that I read on Instagram that said three things in my life that I realized is you're never gonna get the answer you always wanted. You shouldn't, like maybe, I can't remember the three because I have a terrible memory, but it pretty much went on the gist of being like, you have to understand that not everybody's going to like you. You're not going to get the answer. I always wanted, And you need to accept. Wow. I remembered you need to have the, you know, accept the things for what they are. And you might not get the answer you want because me, I like closure. I like to go over and be like, Hey, what happened? You know, like I had friends in my life too, that were my best friend, like so close friend. And then all of a sudden I get ditched and I'm like, Oh, Hey, what happened? Like, can we talk about this? What did I do? Oh no, everything's fine. Well, obviously not because you're not acting like my friend, you know, and it hurt. It fucking hurts when you think somebody is your close friend and they just fucking bail on you. So that was hard for me to be like, okay, I have to accept this because I'm not going to get the, you know, the closure that I need. Right. It still hurts to this day, but it helps when you're like, okay, I've accepted this and I'm going to move on.
0: So throughout that whole sentence, um, there's a key word in there that I've talked about uh several podcasts is acceptance
2: yeah
0: um accepting things for the way that they are I feel is so important because all of my life for as long as I can remember I lived for my father's validation I tried to live chasing a relationship uh, an unrealistic relationship with another family member and it wasn't until maybe about five or six sessions ago that, you know, my therapist therapist just kind of like whispered, you have to accept people for the way that they are. So true. And when it comes to family, you know, I, I use the word family so loosely because I, me personally, don't determine family as what. Like, this is my family. In your mind too, in and you're
1: mine too. And,
0: there are so many friends of mine i consider more family than blood relatives and you know i don't think people who share your blood necessarily mean that they're family to you
2: yeah
0: um so those people that i've learned to try and accept the way that they are are either parents grandparents uh aunts uncles whatever it is and i'll never be good enough for everybody but i'll always be good enough for me yes and
1: yes that's like say that again say that fucking again i need to register that in my brain i need to.
0: Yes. i'll never be good enough for everybody buddy, else but i'll be good, enough, I'll be for good enough
1: for me yeah that's like why is that so easy to like it's say so but you say. don't but we don't think about it right. like i can accept that yeah. you know but it's like as much as i've been getting older i feel like i'm getting wiser too so i feel like i'm finally processing that right. to be like you know what it sucks that not everybody wants to be my friend. It sucks. I can't make everyone happy, but I need to understand that that's a part of me. Right. And I can't let others affect how I want to be too. Right. I need to accept myself for how it is. If they don't like me, then they don't like me. Why exactly. do I, why do I fucking care if people like me or not?
0: I feel, feel like as the, you know, the type of people that you and I are, um, I feel like trying to have everybody like you trying to be friends with everybody caring about everybody
2: i don't want to say yeah it's, exhausting. it's
0: very exhausting yeah and i don't want to say it's a downfall yeah because it's not you know i i'm not ashamed of who i am as a person at all Neither um, am I. if there's one thing about myself that i wish i could just snap my fingers and improve on is caring too much me too but to also dig into that too is the amount of care that i have in my heart i wouldn't change for the world
1: that's true so that makes us unique
0: right it's a double-edged sword
1: it is it
2: really is you know it's
0: uh you care too much but not enough and this person doesn't like you that person doesn't like you it's like what can i do better and
2: yeah you can
0: as creatures of habit you know we try to mold ourselves to make everybody happy
2: but then we
1: lose ourselves
0: right and then we get to the point of who the hell am I
2: exactly you don't
0: recognize yourself after that person's walked out on you because you stepped out of line you know I I actually am kind of friends with somebody who I treat with the utmost respect you know her and I always have really good conversations all the time and sometimes I'll make you know make a joke or whatever here and there and it's just if they don't like the joke then they cut you off kind of thing and it's it's kind of weird um I remember bringing it up to her one time, like, you know, I, I treated you with the, you know, most respect that I, that I know how to, and always there for you when you need to talk and whatever. And then all of a sudden I step out of line, you know, the mold that that person has for you. And then all of a sudden it's a problem.
1: Why can't they just be honest and say, Hey, you hurt my feelings or that was a little out of line, let's talk about that.
0: Most people don't know how to talk to other people
1: or they just feel like it's more comfortable because they don't want to bring that up or have that communication that they're like let me just back off. But i rather somebody tell me, yo Victoria, you just insulted me, right. so I can explain myself because right. maybe I didn't mean to insult you. Maybe I was going through something mm-hmm. or you know, hey, I thought I thought you would think this was funny, you know? So obviously I'm so sorry. That's just something that pisses me off. It's yeah. like, why can't people just be like that? I feel
0: like most people in today's society just don't know how to talk to each other.
2: It's true. You know, they uh, really don't.
0: conversation I have with you isn't the same conversation I can have with your sister.
2: That's true. Or
0: the conversation I have with my brother isn't the same conversation I could have with my sister. Yeah.
2: No, and that's, that. you know,
0: that's just reality. Yeah. Um. Again, bouncing back to that buzzword acceptance. Yeah. Once you're able to start accepting, People for how, uh, who they are, and accepting that you are who you are,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you can't you can you can improve the things that I guess you would see as flaws, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Yeah, if that makes and sense.
1: Technically, if you think it's a flaw, somebody else might not. Right, they might be like, "Oh my god, I wish I had that quality." Right, because a lot of people do say, "Yo, I wish I did have your kind heartedness," you mm-hmm. know, because. At my job, I try to, you know, help as much people as I can. And then people actually say to me, like, oh my God, thank you for your kindness or that smile you said, or just like how the way you held my pet really like helped me. Because it's like you don't know that the little things really do affect other people. That's why I I got a little smiley face. I don't know if you can see it.
2: Yeah, I can see it. Okay, cool. Yeah.
1: Uh, this is my smiley face that I've always drawn on myself with a Sharpie. And I've I've done that since like probably high school. And I look at it and it just makes me smile. And it's just the littlest thing to be like, oh, remember to smile, you know? So that's why it's just nice to have that reminder and then some people, this one person actually saw, it and they're like, "I like your smiley face." I'm like, <laughs> "I actually drew that, but I didn't tattoo it on myself. I'm not that talented." But you
0: totally should get it tattooed on.
2: Oh my god, right? Should be your
0: next tattoo, right there on your finger. Be
2: like, but it is.
0: It should I'm, I'm not kidding. Oh, you're saying for you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, you should. You should get a tattoo. Oh, it for me to tattoo yeah. you? No, you should get tattooed on your finger.
1: What? I'm so smiley confused. Smiley face. I had the smiley face.
0: That's tattooed on there.
1: Yeah, it's tattooed. Oh. It's tattooed, everybody. Look, it's not coming off. But I like totally blanked on that. That's I'm why sorry. I was so confused. I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And then, yeah, I got my little, my little uh, thing I, I haven't seen you since. I lost but my yeah. glasses. I, I hear they are. They're,
0: right
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're little small, but but no, like it's just it's a nice little reminder, right? You know, that's cool. Thanks.
0: Um, I have a tattoo. You've seen that one before, right? Yeah, you showed me this. Um, I don't know if the camera can get it. Kind of, sort of see it. Um, you know, it's the one in five with a black heart next to it. You know, for those of you who don't know you know one in five people have depression anxiety you know anything mental health and there's something that i kind of wanted to to mention too since you kind of brought it up of the little things that make people's day you know that story you tell me about that girl who's struggling and you know just be kind to people man like you don't know how a simple hello yeah can change somebody's day like i was telling her when she came over before we started recording I don't really have people to talk to throughout the day. You know, I don't have anybody asking me about my day. I don't have anybody that I talk to normally every single day. And, you know, that's one of the hardest things about this pandemic is, you know, people are working from home. Some people are alone. Some people don't have kids or a spouse or whatever. And when you have somebody who is on the same level as you mentally and able to talk like i can sit here and talk for hours about nothing i
1: know that's how i feel i feel so comfortable with and
0: it. and it's because i don't have anybody to talk to so you don't know how a simple hug how a simple hello even a smile you don't even have to talk to somebody
1: yeah because people are freaks and you can't trust everyone that's yeah. what i need to learn about myself and
0: too. a simple smile can make somebody's day like wow it's so true they see me because in high school, I was that kid who always had headphones near him, always wore black. You know, I was very to myself and I wish people would have given more of a shit about me when I was younger. I really do. But now I'm old enough and almost 30 years old. And I, and I can say that I want to be that person that I wish I had for people.
1: Yeah. And And that's what I want to do too. Yeah. I want to be that. And a
0: lot of people don't look at it that way. A lot of people, you know, post about their accomplishments and how glorious their life is and you know that's great guys keep you know hype yourself up be proud of your accomplishments man but be humble at the same time Mm -hmm. because there was a time in your life where I'm sure you were down in the dumps and you wish more people cared I've been like that my whole life you know I'm not you know I'm not here to make anybody feel bad or this be a sad podcast because it's anything but that but I wish more people gave a shit about each other
2: yeah
1: and it's true because it's like the friend that I just made for my job, like I honed in something that she said and she said, oh, my dog and I have been living a little bit more in our car. And I have a really good friend of mine that's homeless right now. So I do everything that I can for him. And so I went up to her after the doctor left and I said, hey, I hope this doesn't come off offensive, but do you need anything? Do you need any like snacks? Do you need any pads? Do you need anything like that? Because, and then she's like, oh, I know I look a little. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's just like, I have a friend that's going through this. So I really want to be there for you if you need anything. And she's like, I wish there was more people like you. I've, I've heard people say that, but the weirdest thing is Chris, I've put that in one ear and out the other. I don't internalize that Right. because it's just something on the daily that I just want to do. But then that's how I get fucked over is because I put so much into people. And then once they're done, they just leave. Right. But I don't know why, but it's something that I like to do at that time.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with being there for people. And there's definitely nothing wrong with being good to other people. Um, I think as a human being, it's important to establish boundaries. Yes. Um, if you're having a friend stay over your house for a couple of weeks till they get on the feet or... They need to borrow your car. Yeah, like what you were talking is. about.
2: Right. That was
1: perfect because it's true. That is yours. Yeah. Take ownership and be like, no, that's mine. You can tell them, hey, no, I need my car now. Right. I love that when you talked about it in your podcast. Yes,
0: yeah. and I listen to all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, when once you establish boundaries with anybody you meet, that can be parents too, guys. Like boundaries aren't, uh, you know, just for a certain person. It's for everybody. Yeah. You know, whether it's a good friend, whether it's a sibling, your your grandma, your dad, anybody. You can
1: even put boundaries on yourself Yeah, to be like, okay, I know that I have this trait that I want to do this, but I think I shouldn't. So let me try maybe trying to figure out why you want to do that and maybe figuring out what you could do to replace that so that way you can have that boundary you know, like, I just, I don't know.
0: Exactly. No, it's no. You're hundred, yeah, right. hundred Cause like, you can
1: put boundaries on anything
0: like with, with our vices, you know, I gambling, eating, drinking, whatever phone it is. Time, right.
1: Instead of wanting to be on your phone all the time, because I feel like I'm addicted to my phone, but it's not my fault. Like, I, I, sorry, Daniel, if you are listening, whatever, but it's, it's to the point where when I come home, right. I don't answer all my text messages because I'm at work the yeah. whole day. So for me, I'm responding back to everybody. And these people that I've been talking to either are going through something or it's my sister because I talked to her 24 seven, but it's like, I want to be there for those people. But then I have to realize I have to set up boundaries because I want to be there for Daniel too. Right. Cause I haven't seen him all day, yeah. you know, and it's my time to be with him as well. So I'm going to
0: try to do that too. And you also gotta, you know, make time for yourself too. Yeah. You know, I'm sure, so I'm sure being in like, you know, married is, is is difficult, but also in the same token, making that little bit of time for yourself, you know, it doesn't have to be, oh, well, I need a week away from you, you know, it could be an hour a day, it could be an hour uh, every other day, you know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, that's, that's what a lot of people misunderstand about self-care, is it doesn't mean going crazy and, you know, buck wild or whatever, it just means, putting yourself first for however long you need if you had a bad day at work and you don't want to talk to anybody because you've been around people all day yep take that hour for yourself you yep. know sit sit outside in, in nature go take a walk whatever you need to do and, and be
1: by yourself in a room right. you know and yeah. if you need to scream in a pillow fucking scream in a pillow yeah
0: and that's self-care too guys I yeah mean, letting
1: your emotions out
0: right um so kind of going back to um, one of our early conversations with uh, the most important lesson and going back in time, what, at what point do you think would be appropriate for kid for kids to start learning about mental health? Like what age group do you feel is appropriate? Because I know we like to say kids are sponges, right? Yeah. And kids pick up on their uh, parents' behavior, but at what age do you think would be appropriate for a kid to start learning about their mental health
1: i want to say nowadays in school like elementary school they're too fucking smart yeah so i feel like kindergartners they know too much so i would say when they start understanding maybe incorporating and being like hey honey so we're gonna talk about this Mm -hmm. you know everybody has mental health issues I know that it's, it's hard because it's like, you don't, you I don't know when to put it. an age on it. Right. And I forget her name, but who was the one with the last podcast? Heather. You, Heather. I think she talked about it with her, her daughter. Kid. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How she said that pretty much like she does certain things with her kid, but she doesn't do all of it because right. she can't, of oh, course. she was like two or something. Yeah. Right? She was
2: two. Right. Yeah.
1: So it's like, it's one of those things where I would want to incorporate it, you know, in the lifestyle. And then when they start to understand things and especially if they're going to school, right. I would want to be like, okay, honey, did you see Billy get picked on today? What would you have done differently? Maybe you should have told the teacher or maybe gone up to Billy and said, hey, I'll stand up for Billy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, I guess it just depends because I know every kid there's, every kid is different and you can't put an age on everybody. But I guess when they're more understanding of things, but I feel like school is so like, I don't want to say toxic, but I feel like they learn so much. Fucking kindergartners have bones now. Yeah. I didn't get a phone till I was like, what in middle school, 14, and it was my mom's hand-me-down phone. Fourteen,
2: right? It's yeah, phone, 13, and it was 14.
0: like, it
1: was like only for me to call my mom right. and be like, "Mom, come pick me up." But nowadays, everyone like, had to
0: buy minutes. <laughs>
1: yes, and then I would have to go over and be like, "Fuck, I need another dollar," and I put it in there and I'd be like, "Okay." Those you are the days, your my friends. What do you
0: mean?
1: And be like, I need to talk to this person. Oh I
2: my need. God. We're, so, <laughs>
0: we're so old. I know. Oh my god,
1: we're gonna be. 30.
0: 30. It's a big three O, guys.
1: <laughs> 30. It's so funny, though, because like I've gone to the store and I like don't want to talk about myself like this, but it kind of makes me feel good. Some people will be like, oh, my God, you're 30. You look <laughs> like you're 26. I'm like, thank you, kind of sir. <laughs> thank you. I guess my skincare that I do nothing is helping. <laughs> Just these wrinkles from smiling. I don't know. And my genetics from it's my working. mother, you know, <laughs> but I'm like, thanks. I'll take it but I'm, I feel like I'm 85. My joints, like my fucking knees, my back. I was sitting with Chris, we were sitting eating dinner and I'm like, oh, yep, pop, <laughs> all that shit. Seriously. Oh my God.
0: I feel, I feel like for me, if, if it were up to me on when to start kids yeah. talking about mental health stuff, I feel like first grade would be a pretty appropriate yeah. age group to start. Cause I feel that's when they start getting to the point of where those influences start kicking in. Yeah. Uh, like you said, every kid is different. Um, so some kids absorb stuff a lot quicker than others, but I, yeah. I feel like you don't have to get into like anything crazy in first grade. You know, you, you can start with like a little activity book, uh, you know, uh talk about
1: oh i'm so sorry
0: that's oh, okay that's my alarm um you know talk about specific things that aren't okay as as a kid like you know if you see uh kid a do this to kid b you know what do you do you know do you talk to a what would you one? do right right <laughs> <laughs> but you know just talking about their mental health saying like you know it's okay to talk about what you're going through you yeah. know you feel sad why do you feel sad? You know, yeah. Obviously, I'm not telling you to put your kids in uh, therapy in first grade. Oh,
1: of course, no. But, but get them familiarized right. with it. You Give know? them that
0: self-awareness. Yes. You know, like, oh, hey, uh, you know, I, I feel really sad today and I don't know why, you know, so and so stole my snack, whatever. You know, it's kids are very uh what's the word, impressionable? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And They're very easy to influence, you know. They're they're like sponges, Mm -hmm. you know. Anything that you say to a kid, they're gonna pick up, and they're gonna say it to somebody else. So you tell your kids it's okay to talk about your feelings to to people you trust, and that's the first step in creating a generation of kids that will do better than our generation did. Yep. You know, I I I hate talking about it, but it's something that I feel is always need to be brought up, and, and that's you know that's suicide and while it's heartbreaking and it it absolutely horrible that it happens and this is the reality we live in guys and most of those people that are at that point in their life they you know they want the pain to end and they want whatever is going on in their life to stop and most of those people were not told hey it's okay to feel this way how can I be there for you? Most people that are in that state of mind don't feel like
1: they can talk to anybody. Can,
0: exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's important to talk to your kids and teach these kids, these lessons, uh, whenever they're old enough to understand, because you can prevent a whole generation. I mean, by the time these kids are like 18, 19 years old, you know, maybe that rate will severely go down because we did our parts as As parents, when we get to that point in our life and created that generation of kids that know what they're feeling and know when it's time to talk to somebody. I was at a very dark point in my life, you know, uh, twice and both times I had somebody reach out to me, um, you know, and still to this day until maybe a couple of years ago, I didn't realize how how dire my mental health became. And it took me 27 years to even consider a therapist. So,
1: you know, and you're never, it's never too late to do that. Right. You know what I mean? That like therapy is not an age set, you know, even though I started younger here, it doesn't mean like, Oh, I'm 45. I can never like learn that or I'm set in my ways. No, it doesn't mean that. Like, And it doesn't mean anybody's trying to change you, you know, it's just, if you tell that therapist, like, Hey, this is what I need right now. They should be able to follow it. If you're just saying, Hey, I want to talk to somebody about my feelings instead of you critiquing me, try that first. And then maybe down the road, you feel more comfortable. And then you can maybe see what they have to say. Like, again, therapy is not one and done. You know what I mean? It's going to take some time. And obviously like what Chris said, if you want to put in the work, obviously we recommend it. But you know, baby steps, you don't have to go one to one hundred. You don't have to tell this person your life story, unlike you're me, unlike you unless you're me that I don't care because I'm like, ah, oh, everybody's gonna know my business. Right. It's fine, it's a therapist. But sometimes you can do it at your own pace, like Chris said, you do it at your own pace. You put your little toe in the water, you, you know, wiggle it around and be like, okay, it's a little, you know, warm. I feel comfortable to go in there and you do it. And then you start wanting to swim because you're gonna feel comfortable in there, you know? And that's all we want from you. We want the best for you. That's why Chris does these podcasts because he wants to help you guys, you know, and fuck, I want to help you, and I don't even know you, you know, wherever you're from. Hi, again, it's so nice to meet you, but. We're fucking real people, and sorry, I'm I'm a sailor. I'm gonna say that again, but like we're real people out here that we would just genuinely care. Yeah, you know, and we just want what's best for you. And you putting yourself and doing the self care, just like ten minutes or thirty minutes, like. Obviously, I need to take my own medicine here and my advice with that, but I'm going to do it. You know, it's something I'm not going to beat myself up over, something that I know I need to work on. And granted, look at this. I'm on vacation for a week. That's self-care because I knew I needed to be with my family and I'm here with my family, you know, and it's just, it's something you got to do. Even though money's tight, even though something like that, you can do something for you. You deserve it. Please remember that you deserve it.
0: And you know, just to just to kind of stress the message because I know it kind of got a little deep there for a second, but you yeah, know, sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you know, just to stress this message to anybody who is listening. You know, you are not alone.
1: Seriously, not alone. Um,
0: it is okay to feel the way that you're feeling. Yeah. And want you to know that there are resources out there for for everybody uh, yeah. struggling. You know, whatever it is if you don't know how to look for those resources, you know, ask somebody you trust, Mm -hmm. you know, there, there are hotlines, there are text lines, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, those resources are there for you. And I encourage everybody to, to reach out to, even the people that you think are doing really, really well in life. Some of us strong people put on a really good front and some people are, that are really strong or struggling the most. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, so there are many things that could relate to a person, uh, person's being you know, such as accountability, uh, self-awareness, uh, et cetera. What do you feel is the most essential for everyone to work on, uh, before anything else? Um, as mentioned before, there's no really right or wrong way to, to answer. So whatever you prioritize, uh, taking care of your mental health what is what do you feel like is the most important thing to focus on
1: important thing to focus on like at first i was saying oh hey chris as we were reading this i was thinking accountability you know making yourself responsible and accountable for things but now after talking to you like you said self-care like that is really important because it's true you can't help yourself or help others if you can't help yourself like that expression like if you need to clean up your backyard you know, but you go help everybody, but you're, you know what I mean? I'm butchering that saying, but you know, I need to take care of myself first before I can help others.
0: Can't pour from an empty cup.
1: Exactly. And then the whole thing of, if you're on an airplane and it's about to go down, put your mask over your face, then help your friend. You know what I mean? Listen to that. You need to help yourself before you can help your friend. Right. And I still feel like accountability is definitely there. And at least being responsible for your actions and being like, you know what? I was the asshole. I was wrong. Instead of always blaming others for that. Like, let's be adults for once in our lives and take responsibility and say, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have done that to Sally. Maybe I shouldn't have said that to Harold. You know, maybe I should have understood I was in a rough situation instead of lashing out to them. Maybe I should have went back and said, yo, I had a terrible day. I'm so sorry, I just lashed out at you. Because you don't know, those people, Harold and Sally or whatever, Sadie, whatever hell I just said, they might eternalize that and be like, oh, shit, did I do something? Because knowing me, I have anxiety. And if somebody lashed out at me, I'm thinking I did something. So it's like, just be accountable for yourself and be like, no, 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 that wasn't you. That was me. You know, that's I feel like
2: that would be. I, I
0: really like the mask account, uh, the mask analogy, because it's because it's kind of, you know, it's true when you think about it. Yeah. Falling down from a plane and you help somebody else before you help yourself. Well, then you're, you're going to fucking
1: die. Right. Yeah. You don't have um, oxygen.
0: And, you know, for me, I feel, you know, like I said, there's no right or wrong way to, to word this. So self-awareness for me, I feel like is something that I needed to focus on before anything else. And only because when you're aware of the things that you're doing is when you can finally start coming into the accountability. It's like, like you were, like you were just saying, you know, oh, well, I thought uh, I was having a really bad day. You yeah. know, that's the accountability part. Yeah. Now, before that this is this self-awareness part. It's like, wow, I really said that to you. And how do I, how do I fix this? Yeah. Then comes the accountability part for me. It, you know, it can always, you know, self, self-awareness and accountability kind of go hand in hand with each other and feel like, You could prioritize either one and still accomplish the same goal. Yeah. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, it does.
0: And for me, I felt like it was a lot of self-awareness on this journey that I've been walking on because, you know, that self-awareness comes, comes with, uh, you know, realizing what your triggers are, realizing how you like to be talked to, how you like to be treated. So when you're self-aware of your surroundings and, you know, the people that you're around, you know how you want to talk to them and you know how you want to be treated by them. So the accountability is right there within self-awareness. I feel like they, they definitely go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. Right.
1: Totally agree. <clears throat>
0: um, so I know you kind of did like a little bit of writing, um, mm-hmm. you know, like journaling, For therapy and whatnot. So what what does that process look like for you?
1: For me, I have, again, an app called Talkspace or before that I would just do journaling. But like I have unlimited texting. So I can use that as my platform of expression of how I feel. For me, let's say I'm in the moment something happened at work or something happened with a family member or just in general. I would be like going in there and being like, Hey, this is exactly how I'm feeling. I felt like, you know, this person was mad at me. I don't, I think I'm reading too much into this, but then it got to the point where I would keep writing and then reading it again, I'd be like, but I know how to fix this. You know, it was more like I was able to write it out and then figure it out by the end of it Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, well, thanks for the talk. Even though it was me just talking to myself, you know? And again, like I went back to saying, like, if you don't want to talk to anybody, you want to talk out loud, Granted, I know a lot of people think, oh, it's crazy. If you want to talk out loud, you don't need to be around a lot of people. You know, you can be in the center of your house. You can just say, hey, whoever's listening, if you want to even say that or be like, hey, Victoria, I'm talking to you right now. This is how I'm feeling. And then just hearing yourself say it, sometimes you process it a lot better instead of in your brain, where your brain's going to lie to you and be like, oh, my God, you're a big loser. Everybody hates you. Oh, my God. You know, but if I say it out loud and be like, oh, my God, everyone hates you do they really hate me though? Right. Is that my anxiety? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just nice to say things out loud because at least with my therapist, I'll talk out loud. And then I just realize, oh, Hey, I know how to fix that because no, I don't feel this way. I should feel this way. I just, I like the talking out loud
0: part. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you write down stuff and, when you speak your thoughts out loud, you know, sometimes when I'm cooking, I'm like, okay, I need this, 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 and I'll say it out loud. Um, when it comes to journaling for me, um, I, I definitely feel like there, there's an art to journaling. Um, when I say that out loud, I know some people might kind of be like, well, what do you mean? It's an art. You're just writing down words that are coming out of your head. No, you're
2: expressing yourself. Right.
0: There's a, there's a way that you journal, Mm -hmm. you know, you can write down a couple of words and that could be your journal, You know, yeah. for me, with journaling, you know, I my therapist, you know, she she gave me the tool. I, I think I talked about it in a previous podcast, you know, called like the the um, compassionate observer um, or passionate observer, um, and basically it was a, a dialogue between you know the negative feelings or angry feelings that I was having and um, you know the the other you know, the positive talk, the positive self-talk, uh, mind you. And I would always end it with, I love you.
1: Yeah. I fucking love that.
0: And when you can tell yourself, you, that you love yourself you, at the end of anything, you know, whether it's you graduated, uh, whether it's, you got your driver's license, whatever you sit there and tell yourself that you love yourself, you're proud of what you're doing. You're going to eventually start to believe it. It's true. I've done three or four entries now and I've ended it with I love you every single time without even thinking twice about
1: it oh my god I'm so (laughs) proud of you and
0: it's it's something that I I, one of the first things I kind of jump to when somebody's struggling it's like hey like have you tried journaling I I know that's kind of like I feel like it's very popular to say that to people that are struggling
1: yeah it's true
0: and some people kind of take it the wrong way um I always try to stress like hey like journaling has helped me and it might not necessarily help you, but you can try and write buzzwords for yourself. You know, you can be like, okay, this is what's bothering me. Like this specific sentence is bothering me. You don't have to write anything else. Yeah. You know, journaling is definitely an art and it's something that you get better at every entry. You know, you're like, uh, you know, today I told my coworker to fuck off. Five entries later, me and my coworker are now best friends and we're going to the movies together yeah
1: that's awesome it's
0: progress guys yep. and journalism or journaling is about progress and you know i i have tattooed on my upper right arm progress not perfection yep and that is something that mental health and healing as a whole it, it comes with steps you know kind of like every program you know addiction programs and i know a lot of people with those addiction programs I know it's a struggle. I, I grew up with addicts. I, I know all 12 steps. I, I know wh- how much work you have to put in for all of those. And it's important to realize that those 12 steps are not just solely for addiction. You know, there, there's steps for mental health. There's steps for talking to people, you know, uh, be aware of the situation and how you're going to approach it. You don't have to go into every Uh, argument in conflict you know you can be the calm voice in any argument if you want to Mm -hmm. you know when too many people react to arguments in in emotion and not think about it and that's when uh self awareness comes that's when accountability comes and it's like wow i pissed you off because i called you an asshole Mm -hmm. and then i just kept it going because you gave me that same energy you don't have to give that same energy back it's like okay i understand why you call me an asshole but let's talk about it yeah and again how you talk to people and how you decide to heal you know there's going to be it's going to be a rocky road i'm not going to sit here and say that no, it's easy healing to easy. right the healing process is not easy by any means
2: yes but again so
0: you have to be willing to put in that work you have to be willing to make that progress because that progress is not going to come to you without work.
1: Exactly. Nothing comes to you in life for free. Yeah. You know, so it's like, if you really want something, you're going to do it. Yeah. Like, for instance, you really want a promotion at your job. You know, you're going to work your ass off. You're really going to try the best you can. And then you finally get that promotion. That's awesome. That's exactly how it is with your mental health. Right. You know, okay, I really want to get some help. That's wonderful. You took the first step. Now the resources, you know, or journaling or talking to a friend or talking out loud or just trying to figure out what works for you is the best way to go. And I know I would just want to talk on this subject really quick, but I know that like Chris said that he's not about medicine, which is the funny thing though. I wasn't either. I was against it so much. It was to the point where I was having headaches, vertigo every day. My stomach was in knots. I have IBS too, so it wasn't pretty, but I had a lot of things going on. And it just got to the point where I was talking to my doctor and I'm like, look, I just want to see if I can try medicinal marijuana. So that way I can see if that helps me. It did help a little bit. You know, I tried that. I would do it a little here and there. I'm not the one to, you know, 420 y'all, you know, even though I've had some stories about that, that's just, (laughs) that was by accident though. But you know, I tried it and it was helping for a little bit, but then it just got to the point where I was still really anxious. And I work, I can't smoke all the time and I'm not going to smoke on my job, you know? So got to the point where I was still feeling like anxious about it. And I'm still having these headaches and I was like, what the hell is going on with me? I went to a neurologist because I was like, Oh my God, I'm having headaches. I'm having all this stuff, you know, like what's going on. And he told me, he goes, I think all this is based on your anxiety. And Mm. I'm like, Oh, here we go again. Another person talking about how I need drugs, blah, 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 blah. He goes, okay, I know that you're really against this because I've talked to multiple doctors and they've all been like, here's drugs, here's drugs, here's drugs. I went to him and I was just like, I really don't want to try drugs. And he's like, how about this? You take a pill for your headaches, your vertigo, your stomach. What if I give you something that is super safe? You don't have to do blood work all the time for it. It's I prescribe it for 85 year olds. It's safe with other medications and it helps you where you don't need to take your anxiety, you don't need to take, uh, you know, Pepto-Bismol anymore, or my Meclizine, or fucking ibuprofen, when those apparently were more harmful for me. So I was like, huh, something clicked in my little brain. And I was like, he's right. He's so right. Because why was I doing all those things when I was fighting it so long? And I was like, you know what, Victoria, it's getting to the point where you're not even wanting to be social. I wouldn't even want to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Daniel and I, he'd be like, oh, let's go in the city. I'd be like, oh my God, what if I have to go to the bathroom and I can't go to the bathroom? And oh my God, what if I eat something? And then I was just a mess. And then finally I've been on these meds and, you know, I've had side effects here and there, you know, like I've gained a little bit of weight and stuff like that. And I've always been worried about getting addicted or, oh my God, what if I was trapped on a desert Island and I didn't have my pills? How could I function? You know, but it's like, you know, one of those (laughs) things where I don't feel like that anymore. Obviously, anxiety is not a cure. Like allergies, you know, you don't take an allergy pill to get rid of your allergies. Just get something to cope with it. it. Yeah. So I'm going to have my episodes, Mm -hmm. but I know how to handle them better now. So that's why for me, I really like my anxiety meds, but it was crazy because I was on a 20 milligram because that's the highest you can go with my medication. And my mind was like, Oh my God, everything's amazing. And my body was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) And I'm like, uh, doc, something's going on here. I don't know what's going on. She's like, it still sounds like your anxiety might not be, you know, there. So we're going to give you, I'm like, no, 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 I don't want more. I want to try to back off. I'm like, can I just try to drop this a little bit? She goes, yeah, go to 10. And I'm like, I'm going to go to 15. So I dropped it down. I've been on 15 for like two, three weeks now. And I'm like, My body and my mind are talking to each other. It's like, oh, I'm feeling a little anxious. Yeah, me too. Wow, I know how to handle this now. Instead of being like, everything's wonderful. Why do I have like a pain in my arm? You know, it's (laughs) fucking weird. But there's always going to be a trial and error with everything. Right. You know. So
0: you know, uh, I kind of mentioned the the twelve steps that you know the addicts use for for the NA meetings. Um, The most important step out of that is acknowledging that you have a problem. Yes. Um, Again self-awareness accountability uh it when you notice that you are struggling like she was just saying with her anxiety
1: yeah it was getting so bad
0: and you notice i mean you realize that you need help
2: yeah
0: there it is right there guys uh you know when you can acknowledge that you have something you're struggling with you know reach out to anybody it doesn't have to be a therapist right away i'm not telling you to go right to a therapist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, and, you know find someone you trust and you know get their advice see what you think you should do and go yeah, from there exactly um so is there anybody in your life that has helped you with your mental health
1: i would happen to say it's my husband and i don't want to be sappy about this you know i don't want to be like my husband my wonderful man in my life but like no for real like he really has helped me a lot because mm-hmm. again like i said you know growing up as a Jehovah's witness getting disfellowshipped Um, I'm almost 30. Like we talked about, I still feel like a 10 year old. I feel like I'm still learning the world. I got thrown into it being like, okay, bye, here you go. I was so vulnerable. Cause you know, my big old heart, fucking one time I gave this girl money cause I felt so bad for her. She's like, oh, my phone, I, it's getting closed and I need $150. And I'm like, I want to help you so much. Gave her the money. She's cyanuried. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why I thought this person was nice. So I've learned not to trust people, even though I have a hard time with that, but I'm I'm learning. But it just got to the point where it's like, when I met Daniel, he helped me a lot with my mentality to be like, you're gonna be okay you know, he was in therapy for a little bit himself, but, you know, he was a lucky one that was like, oh, well, I needed two, three session, and I'm fine. Here we go. And I'm like, great. I've been in it for years and I'm still learning, you know, but everyone's at their own pace. You know, right. you can't compare yourself. So joking there, but, you know, I feel like he's definitely helped me out. And of course my sister, Nicole, my twin sister, she's my best friend, literally love of my life. She's everything for me because we have each other and we have that special bond, you know, like even though she got this fellowship first and it was like, you can't talk to your sister. I'm like, the fuck? I can't talk to my sister. There's no way. So that's why we had each other and we still were able to be in each other's lives and be there for each other mentally, because right. we were both on the same mindset on that because we both been through it together.
2: Right.
1: You know? And I feel like you've definitely helped me out a lot too recently, you know, your it. podcast. Yeah, of course. And I'm not just saying this. Like, I, I feel like I, I, love that I feel like I can just talk to you now Mm -hmm. where I'll be like Chris I'm having a problem can I talk to you really quick and we just bounce off Mm -hmm. each other like that it's just the little things in life like my mother too like I love my mom even though she brings spirituality into it a lot you know the religion and stuff bless her heart but she's you know there for me she tries you know and it's like I give effort where it's deserved you know or whatever the expression is like I know that she's trying to be there for me and she's trying to help me too. And she's trying to understand because she doesn't have anxiety. She's one of those lucky ones. It's like, what's anxiety? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? What's anxiety? Wait, you don't feel like this? No, what What does that feel like? Wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain to you. <laughs> But no, it's just, it's, it's great because it's not always going to be family. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's like you, you're like a very close friend of mine. That's considered family too. You're like fucking my brother at right. this point, because it's like, my brother's not in my life. Right. So it's that's for
0: another me, story, you know, it's funny that you say it doesn't have to be family. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be for me, my, the person who's helped me since my parents got divorced when I was eight, believe it or not, uh, was Teresa Ramsauer.
1: Oh, get out! That's right! Yeah. This Ramsar was um, She was wonderful. She
0: taught me how to tie my shoes. Get out! Um, she was there for me when my parents got divorced. Mm.
1: Um, she was a great teacher. Still keep in
0: contact with her. I, I met her in first grade. had her first and second grade, I think. Yeah.
1: I think I, had, I think I had her in third.
0: And when I tell you she is one of the kindest women I've ever met in my life, um, She was incredible throughout my life. Um, I would always make a point to have my uh, mom stop at Ancloth so I can go visit her.
1: So nice. Um,
0: me and her have dinner occasionally. Um, you know, this is God we're in 2022. So this is well over 20 years, almost 30 years now, close to that. Not 30 years. I'm sorry. Over 20 years. Um, and I, and I've still remain close to her to this day.
2: That's awesome.
0: And, you know, uh, I consider her more of a mother figure than, you know, than my own. Uh, I
1: didn't know that. I knew that you were close to her, but I didn't know that. Yeah. It's really nice. and
0: just in terms of the lessons that she's taught me in terms of being just such a wholehearted person to me, uh, just indescribable of, um, just how much of an impact she's had in my life. Um, and then of course, uh, my, my second mom, uh, Cheryl, uh, she watched me grow up. Uh, again, another person who was there for me. When my parents got divorced, uh, I'd, I'd go to her house at six o'clock in the morning asking if her kids were uh, awake, able to play. Um, I remember one time I sat out in the middle of a rainstorm, I think at like seven o'clock in the morning, waiting for them to wake up, had a blanket over my head, waiting for them to wake up. Uh, um she was always there for me um we haven't been really in contact over the last two years because you know life happens you know the pandemic's been rough
2: yeah
0: um but you know it it doesn't it doesn't have to be family yeah you know um and those those people have been very essential to us guys you know like i like i tried to preach before um uh, just because they're blood related doesn't mean you have to call them family um so i guess the the final question for you um it's kind of a kind of a big one and like i said you don't have to dig too deep on this one um, everyone has a trigger either they are or aren't aware of um are there any that you have and if you do have any triggers how do you go about pr- approaching them
1: so going over this when we were talking about the questions and everything i had no idea like i feel like the worst person but i was like wait what's a trigger to me like i knew what triggers were But I never stopped and said, what is a trigger to you? And I'm like, holy shit, that's an amazing question because I never thought about that. And for me, I've come to realize a lot of triggers for me have been religion and my brother, you know, and it's quite sad to say my brother, but always growing up, I would want him to just think the world of me you know, and obviously me and my sister are the same. And we felt that way. I felt like we would fight for his attention. We'd be like, oh, I'd have to change myself to be like a cool person, you know, or, oh, instead of me being my normal artistic or singing person, I had to be this, you know, fucking rocker girl that was like, I don't give a shit attitude instead of me being emotional, you know? And to this day, sometimes when my brother calls me, I feel like, oh shit, What's going on? What does he need? Because he doesn't really call me just to talk shit, you know, shit the breeze or whatever that expression is, you know, it's, it's been a little rough, you know, and for me to prepare for that, I just, I still have a hard time with it, you know, because I feel like I change on the phone for my brother, you know, because it'll be like, oh, well, I don't give a shit. This is how it is. But at the end of the day, I shouldn't have to change myself for him to want to like me right you know Mm -hmm. or to accept me because I like who I am Mm -hmm. you know and granted I do like rock music and you know I I do feel like I don't give a shit and then all of a sudden be like I do I do care (laughs) you know but it's like Certain times, I feel like I'm growing up, though, where I'm feeling more bold with myself Mm -hmm. to be like, why am I doing this? I'm going to fucking tell you how I feel. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is. You know, you don't have to always impress somebody and you don't have to make somebody like you. Like we talked about, not everybody's going to like you and you don't have to make everyone like you and even your family members, you know, like I want my brother to like me because he hangs out with other people. And I feel jealous, you know, sometimes I get really jealous about it, because I want that relationship. But it is what it is, again, accepting and learning, hey, I'm doing the best I can. It's on him. Yeah. And then speaking on religion, it's just a trigger to me, because it was drilled in me. And again, I don't want to talk bad about Jehovah's Witnesses or anything like that. But it's one of those things where it was so drilled in me that I have no idea what I believe, Mm -hmm. you know, like I was just thinking about that. Somebody's like, Oh, do you really believe in God? And I'm like, I want to say yes, but I'm not sure because it was, Oh my God, God and Jesus and this and this and this, you know, of course, like I wouldn't say yes, I believe in it, but do I really, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just the best thing that came out of it was me, you know, obviously going door to door and helped me communicate with people but there's a lot in that. Like I have abandonment issues from that, you know, being disfellowshipped and my family doesn't talk to me, you know, and I care about what people think. It stems from that too, because I always had to put others first. So I feel like I'm fucked up from it in a way and I'm things I need to learn about, but obviously I'm talking to my therapist about it. I'm going to learn it, you know, eventually, but I'm going to be kinder to myself, you know, about it and, just know that I'm taking one step at a time about it. And what I would do to prepare for that, because sometimes my mom talks to me about religion is I do listen to my mom, but I'm honest with my mom. And I say, mom, do you want me to be honest with you about this answer? Or is this something that you really want me to talk about? Because I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I'm going to tell you how it is. And I don't want you to be upset. Most of the time, she's like, oh, hey, okay, I get that. Or sometimes you'll be like, oh, okay. Because I, I never want to make it seem like I'm bashing it because then you're considered to
0: speak your feelings. Yeah. But
1: apparently you're considered an apostate and I would never want to do that, but it's just hard because now I don't even know if I can view religion the same, Right. you know, I don't feel comfortable going into a church because I was taught, Oh, any other religion is a false religion, you Mm -hmm. know? So for me, I feel like religions is sensitive subject. I want to believe in God. I want to try that, but triggering maybe for me is just, taking a deep breath and just processing and saying, Victoria, you're your own person. You can think for yourself for once. And if you want to do research, you're going to do research. Like if I really wanted to figure out like religion stuff, I would do it, but it's not something that I really want to, because I just feel so scarred from it. Right. I guess that's what I always use is the word scarred instead of triggered.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I never thought of that. It's more or less the same, um, you know, cause Trigger goes hand in hand with with trauma. You know that's pretty True. much pretty okay. much what a trigger is. You are triggered by whatever it is because you suffer from tr- a traumatic event that had to do with that. So, oh,
1: so like if I was afraid of bees because I got attacked once and then exactly. I got a okay. So right. okay, got it. Triggering event. So like got you're it.
0: scared of cars because you got into one accident. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. Um, for me, uh, suicide is a huge trigger. Uh, I struggle talking about that um, because you know I, I mentioned it last podcast, and the more that I talk about it out loud, the more I'm kind of okay about talking about it out loud now. Is you know I survivor, you know attempted twice, and not ashamed to admit that I did, and I was in a I was in a mindset where I just you know wanted the pain to stop. I wanted to stop feeling the way that I was feeling, and i'm grateful i'm still here i'm
1: me too
0: i'm i'm grateful for the support that i get every day um and talking about it for the longest time was was a heavy trigger yeah. i don't like the subject i don't like people bashing uh people who You're have done about that it yeah too. It's and not... before i was emotionally intelligent enough to process those jokes it stopped becoming funny and it started hitting me home because it's like wait a minute you're joking about something that i went through something that
1: it's not a joke right it's not
0: and you know i was obviously we're all once kids and we all thought jokes back then were funny you grew up in the 90s and you didn't have to worry about what you said and how you said to yeah it wasn't pc and now that we're in in a in a state where we have to acknowledge that human beings are flawed and acknowledge that we all struggle and all go through something when you're able to finally recognize what triggers you have, you know, religion's another trigger for me, you know, uh, Santi, uh, you know, my brother that passed away last summer, uh, very religious, um, Always in, inviting me out to go to church with him and his family. And I told him, I said, hey, man, I struggle with religion and, you know, talking about religion because my grandparents uh, tried forcing it down my throat when I was a kid. He's like, OK, no worries, man. You come whenever you're ready. If you feel you want to come. God bless you. I love you. And, you know, he'd leave it at that. He wouldn't push it on me.
2: Yeah, you shouldn't push anything. On but people.
0: it was one of those things where the second I think about religion, I think about, uh oh well if you had tattoos you're going to hell uh you know whatever else comes with that religion that my grandparents are
1: yeah or like oh my god if you're feeling like me bye you know you're gonna burn in hell or something like that too because it's wrong but i think it's kind of cool though like learning about some other religions that they're accepting of it Mm -hmm. you know because it's like i feel like in a way they're growing too yeah but i feel like it depends on what religion
2: yeah i you
0: know I, i feel like there's extremists on every On every piece of our lives, you know, whether it's a a religious extremist, whether it's a political extremist, whatever it is, there's always going to be somebody that tries to drive the nail in in every single point they make. And
2: trust me, I know about that.
0: When you have a person who isn't that deep into religion, or you know, just kind of, I'll send prayers your way, but I'm not going to read you a Bible verse kind of thing. And I'll say, I'll say prayers for you. And, and I do pray.
1: No, oh, nice.
2: Good for you. But
0: I, I couldn't recite a, a Bible verse yeah. to anybody because I just can't bring myself that deep into it. Cause I, you know, I'm still struggling every day with just waking up in the morning, you know, and religion's a trigger for me talking about suicides a trigger and When you realize that a a conversation is going in a direction that you don't want to, that's when the self-awareness comes in. And and, the
2: boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. And
0: that's when you're reminded of the trauma that you went through. It's like, hey, I don't want to talk about this right now because my brain is still still healing. That Mm -hmm. it's still an open wound and it hasn't healed.
1: Yep. And And if somebody doesn't respect that, they shouldn't be in your life.
0: Right. And those scars, while I suffer from very many scars all you know all internally and you know of course externally as well um you know all wounds heal eventually and i hate using that word eventually because that's something that people have said to me my whole life i'm like oh yeah this will happen for you eventually you know and because
1: we want it to heal now
0: right and people just need to realize that wounds will eventually heal and just takes time you have to be willing to put in the work to help close that wound,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, like, like a, like an open gash on your arm, you know, your body works together. Uh, all those cells work together to create that scab and that scab turns into a scar. You I know? think
1: that's so fucking cool. Right? I really do.
0: And I, I, it's goes the same for healing things that you suffer from guys. It's be willing to put in the work, be willing to take care of yourself and put yourself first, but always 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 most importantly be kind to yourself
1: what's gonna be the quote for the end i need to know this quote
0: the quote i have to get on my phone okay um so i'll record that after here okay because i'm
1: like i'm dying
2: to hear this quote
0: so uh, as you guys know i like to do a quote at the end of every episode Mm -hmm. um i will record that separately for you guys um, Victoria, I just want to say thank you so much for being on this podcast with me today.
1: I really enjoyed myself. I was so scared in the beginning, but I just feel like we just why? we
0: always bounce off each other. We do. Well. We really do. Yeah.
1: And I just I really appreciate you so of much. Course. Like I, I really I genuinely like too. love you, and I'm just I'm really grateful that you wanted me to be on.
0: Of course, um, for all you guys who have listened today, thank you so very much for your support. Um, you know, like I said, we're going international. Uh, The group is almost at 1,400 members. Get
1: the fuck out. Oh my God. And you started that. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) And uh, I just want to say I'm forever grateful for you guys. This podcast wouldn't have been possible without any of you.
1: Fucking love the podcast. I really do.
0: So when this podcast drops, you know, hit the like button, hit the share button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you guys again so very much. Remember that it is okay to be not okay and to be gentle with yourselves. Thank you, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. This is your host, Chris, for the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voiceless. Today, I'm going to have Victoria read our quote of the week.
1: All right. Everybody ready for this? The best thing a therapist ever told me is you're not lazy. You only have a certain amount of energy, and right now you're using it all to survive. Holy shit, that's deep. I know someone else needed to hear that, too. I needed to hear that.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed today's interview. Thank you guys so very much for your support.
1: Bye, everybody.